From our WFUV studios in the Bronx, New York, it's the Pick and Pot. Drop us a voicemail at 347-903-WFUV. Now, here are your hosts, Kenny Ducey and Matt Rosenfeld. It just keeps getting so much better. I guess if you're talking wait, about... Wait, 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 Joey Crawford, Joey Crawford's in the studio, wait. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. The, Listen the, to The him. scoreboard is correct, okay. You still got to make that free throw, though. You do. If, if he makes that free throw, no, we're not sitting here talking about Joey Crawford. I wouldn't even be saying his name like today. It would just be like, oh, remember that funny thing Joey Crawford did before the Thunder tied the game, went overtime and won? But now they're trailing 3-2 to the Grizzlies, going back to FedEx Forum. I don't know. I think you I, – I don't, I don't think you can blame that on Joey Crawford. I don't either. I, I actually – get mad when people put all the blame on Joey Crawford. How many free throws has Kevin Durant ever taken? But I could see where it would be annoying, but when you're the MVP of the league, you should probably be able to overcome a 30-second wait between your free throws. I think I know who we can blame this on. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you something, man. Hey, man, Kevin Durant, man, I'm trying to see you on that court ASAP. No. Yes. Dude, how many times... You got to realize, you can't go against the base god. I literally only want the Thunder if to win. If you don't believe in the base god's curse after last night, you are absolutely out of your mind. I only root How for the Thunder. How else does that happen? Because statistics say that he's going to miss a free throw eventually. I, I don't know, but it's definitely not Lil B, this insignificant rapper. I regret bringing Dude. that up for you just so you could have your moment. I don't know why I just loaded that. That was really we irritating. We're so anti Lil B. I actually don't mind Lil B. I just don't I'm like anti. how on the bandwagon Kenny is at this um, point. Yeah, I agree. I almost resent it because of how on the bandwagon yeah. you are. But uh, regardless, by the, by the way, he we got the win last night, Lil he B. Did. So he did. We didn't introduce ourselves. I'm Kenny Ducey. That's Matt Rosenfeld and Kevin Kelly's to my right. And it's uh, April 30th on the Pick and Pod. So let's continue to talk about um, this game last night. Because, yes, I'm totally on the Lil B bandwagon. Lil B DM'd me Jets with a Z today, which was great, uh, and his phone number. So maybe we'll get him on the pod. And you're not going to be doing an interview because you hate Lil B. I, I want to do and the you know what else? He probably wouldn't come on you know if what I else? did it. I'm going to ask him <laughs> to place the base god's curse on you, and then you're screwed. And then you'll really see how real it is. I would love to be base god cursed and then go on to have the most successful life ever. It's not going to happen. What would happen. That that just doesn't happen to people. Look at what happened to Kevin Durant. <laughs> um, uh, R- Russell Westbrook has been bad in this series shooting wise. Kevin Durant has been bad in this series shooting wise. Durant, forty uh, percent, which is not bad, but it's not Durant. It's not Durant. Um, Rem- let's remember we hold him to a higher standard. Right on twenty nine percent shooting from deep. Russell Westbrook is shooting thirty four percent. He's bad. Ten for thirty one. Eighteen percent from three. 10 for 31 last night, and it was just despi- it was terrible. West- I couldn't even watch it. Westbrook's one of those guys that when he's shooting poorly, he's so good overall that we kind of let him keep shooting. And no, everyone's kind of scared to say, hey, dude, stop shooting. But he nah, keeps. What Westbrook be Westbrook, man. I know. But then he steals the ball late in the game, and everything's forgotten. True. Concerning to me, he's, he's 22 of 42 in the restricted area. So he's not finishing. He's 3 of 14 in the paint. Um, he's six of thirty-five on above the break threes. Well, I'd, I'd also I'd love to see how often he's getting to the line because you know those reckless drives that Westbrook has 
when, you know, in the regular season, the big man's right. going to step out of the way. He's going to get an easy dunk. It's not worth the foul. It's well, not he's, worth. He's got to the line an average of eight times a game, and so is Durant. Also, when the big men aren't Marcus All and Zebo, like that makes Agreed. a big like, difference. Like the protection there, do makes you expect a real big difference. his re- his you know not reckless is probably not the right word, but aggressive drives to the basket when you're running into the twin towers of Zebo and uh, Marcus All to be successful that often. I don't know that they are. No, I, I don't think so. Um, Westbrook does. Or did average this season six free throw attempts. So he's he's, he's actually that's good. He's up two, um, so he is getting fouled down there. But I mean, when you when you get fouled and you miss, it doesn't count as a miss. Um, yeah, the, the Grizzlies have, have. I mean, like you have Marcus Saul in there, and, and like you said, and, and Zebo, and it's a good interior team. Um, last night though, it was it was so weird at the end there. Ibaka almost with the with the. But the tip in, yeah. I knew it wasn't good. No, though. it wasn't good from the moment Everyone you saw was it. It was just exciting that it went Everyone in. Everyone was freaking out. It was yeah. funny. I looked away during it, so all I saw was the ball on the rim, and I thought he got, got it off in time, and then I finally saw that he actually did not get it off. I mean, it was only fitting, though, that that game would end on, like, a last-second attempt. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's Because this series is more likely to go to overtime than it is to end in a regulation. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it did. Um, I know. I'm saying going forward, if you're you're not expecting overtime, you're looking at the wrong series. Yeah. Because we're going, we're going 53 minutes. Um. So the Grizzlies win this in six. Yes? Question mark. I think uh, I picked the Grizzlies in six. If you did, God bless you because that's an awesome pick. Yeah. I see. The thing is, I'm I'm scared to say the Grizzlies will win in six, but I also don't have the guts to say. That Grizzlies will win in seven because then they'd have to win in Oklahoma City for game seven. So I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place with my pick. What do you think, Kev? Yeah, I don't even remember what my original pick is. I have a feeling I said the Thunder would pull it out, but I do think the Grizzlies will, will end up taking this one. I just, I'm Tony Allen's defense is wonderful. This team plays such great defense against a terrible uh, team in offensive sets. They have started to be referred to as the clogged toilet offense by Grantland and some other sources. It's- and it's just so bad to watch because you have so many talented players that aren't getting utilized it's, in the right it's way. It's kind of like it's kind of like Houston's offense where it's just like go do your thing, Harden, but there's two yes. Hardens on the floor yeah. instead of a Dwight Howard. Exactly. So Weird. you're like, there's you're right. It's just a cog. You're just like, <laughs> which guy's gonna make the play? Because they're taking 55, 60 shots between both of them in a game. Um, I'll, before we move on from this series, too, on the note, uh, you're looking at plus minuses and uh, on court, off court numbers. We have to give a little bit of props to Kendrick Perkins, who is never he's he's never invited anywhere, guys. Everyone, yeah, no one likes Kendrick Perkins. Right, how funny was that? Um, team with a 103 D rating with him off the court and a 95 defensive rating on, so an improvement there of eight points per hundred possessions on defense. Listen, this is the series for him, though. This is when they're going up against Zio yeah. and Marcus Saul. Another series, right. you're going to see more Nick Collison. I you give credit to Perkins. And I, I guess it's good they have him on the team, but other series he's he not know, play. That's, he's that's, doing his job though. That's down part low of having down there. That's part of having a complete team is having a big that you need can go to when you need physical play, and a big you can go to when you need finesse play. Yeah, and um, you know Nene and Gortat in Washington, that's kind of that's what's going on if, right there. Uh, if we could just talk about that for a sec, because Washington as well as Miami, uh, Washington's going to the next round, the conference finals. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be Wizards Heat, no Wizards Hawks. Oh, well, in the same no, 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 no
The oh, second round yeah. will most likely be Wizards Hawks, which will probably <laughs> it's enti- be weird. Will be entirely played on NBA TV, probably. Yes, <laughs> yes, and accurate. And I don't know how you could pick against the Wizards at this point. They're playing extremely well. Not that the Bulls have ever scored more than eighty points in the last month. It feels like, but you got to give props where props are due. I think if Wizards Hawks is the next round, that could just be a sweep. I think that the I'm Wizards could yeah. get some extra rest no, going into the definitely. next one. I think the Heat might have a tougher series. They at least come off of, at those two series about the same time, and the Heat don't have that advantage of extra rest. Yeah, you definitely can't be shocked if that's a sweep there. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it's undeniable that the Wizards are uh, at least the third best team, I, I would say, right now. I mean, just I mean, – no, no, no. Toronto, yeah. No, I, give I mean, me that. Maybe three or four. No, give Probably. me the, give me the Wizards over the over Toronto as far as who's playing better right now. Yeah. yeah if Ariza definitely. can keep it up, then i take Washington. Ariza, man. Yeah. Former Nick. Just, I know. I know but it's Once just, a Nick. You remember the, the one game they lost when Ariza just threw the ball out of bounds? That was really bad, but the way Ariza's been playing after that has yeah. just been great, and he's just draining shots if Wall can get, kick it out to him. Not to mention, yeah, Wall and Beal, that's just... Yeah. I can't wait to watch them forever. Yeah, yeah me too. I, there are a couple teams I'm just so excited for the future of. One of them's Portland and one of them's Washington. Yeah, Portland is going to be good for, for some years. And you know what? To the Clippers. Um, if, if Before we get to time, we can just touch on them. Because obviously... We did a quick and pod yesterday. We got our thoughts out there on the Donald Sterling situation, um, and I guess that's that's what's synonymous with Clippers right now. Thanks but, for the invite, by the way. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, you want to take a subway ride down 45 minutes and yeah. then do that with us? Um, they are a team that has Blake Griffin, and Blake Griffin is only four years into the league, and Blake Griffin is very good, and you still have Chris Paul a couple years. Um, you know, With the Thunder kind of... Looking, you know, a little disrupted, the Clippers are probably, and the Spurs playing a tough series against the Mavs, maybe the Clippers are the best team in the West right now. Um, I don't know if they're the best team. They might have the best chance of advancing. I don't know if they're the best team. I think there is a difference. Well, you're right, there is. The man who picked the Clippers to to go to the finals before the season, besides me, the other man, uh, was Tom Lorenzo of SB Nation's Nets Daily. And the Nets got a big one tonight. So... We never, we've never brought on a guest three times yet on this Young Pick and Pod. Uh, Tom Lorenzo is the first of SB Nation's um, Nets Daily at Tom Lorenzo on Twitter. Just because I, I don't know. I, I mean, there's just something about Tom Lorenzo. We just love his hot takes, and he's back here to talk about the Nets, who have a huge game tonight. And um, I'll also ask him about a few Grizzlies things because he does love those Grizzlies. Tom, it is raining outside, and I'm blaming this all on you. Of course you are. Of course you would. Uh, I wouldn't expect anything but. Uh, but, you know, look, if we can get through this rain, spring is here. we got some great basketball. Uh, we, can, we can look past this difference and past this rain. Kenny, I think we can make it through. Hopefully. Um, I, I hope that we are all alive after this rain. And I have to ask you, uh, just right off the bat, um, what in God's name was, was uh, Joey Crawford doing last night? <laughs> <laughs> Joey Crawford, uh, I, I think Joey Crawford realized that he realized the moment in the game, and he realized that all eyeballs were on that game. It was coming down to the wire, and he needed to to make himself a part of that game. He needed to be a part of that story. And you know, the, the funny thing about it uh, is, is I think it was Brian Windhorst who tweeted about it that what Joey Crawford did was normal and common and procedural 
in, in terms of asking for the file to be placed on the scoreboard, but the way he went about it was Listen just insane. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did not need to go about it that way. Uh, you know, any reasonable person would have either a blown the whistle, put your hand up, stop play, and then walk over to the scoreboard and do it, or wait until Durant uh, takes the second free throw, hit or miss. You know, if it goes in, stoppage of play, make sure the scoreboard's fixed. If it misses, uh, you know, there was a good chance, obviously, given the the, the time in that game that there was going to be a foul or a timeout, and then deal with it then. He just did not need to go running and screaming like a madman. And, you know, look, Kevin Durant's a professional. He's obviously, uh, you know, 1A, 1B to uh, LeBron James's 1A in terms of greatest basketball players on earth right now. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if it necessarily w- was, you know, Joey Crawford that iced him or if it was just, look, the law of averages, eventually Kevin Durant's going to miss a free throw. Or if it was a little bit. still. <laughs> What's that? Or if it was Lil B, most likely Lil B. <laughs> right, right, right. He's just expected, like Joey Crawford, or, or to, to pull off a mask, and it was Lil B under there. And, <laughs> yeah, something well, insane like that. But yeah, Joey Crawford, that was crazy, and you know he should never do that again. And look, the, the NBA should look into, uh, you know, at least making a statement. Uh, I don't know about disciplining him, but making a statement and saying that's not how uh, we conduct or how referees should conduct business on the basketball court. Classic, classic Joey Crawford. I think we need Adam Silver to uh, ban him for life. But (laughs) regardless of Joey Crawford, the Grizzlies did win Game 5, and they're now heading home with a chance to clinch their first-round victory over the Grizzlies, over the Thunder, rather. You you are pretty well-versed in Grizzlies basketball, so let me ask you, do you think they're going to close it out at FedEx Forum? You know... Look, I think you look at this series in the same way, uh, you know, and, and I know we'll kind of bring it back to the Nets quickly, but in the same way as you guys who cover the Nets, the Nets Heat series, that each game in the Nets Heat series, everyone says, oh, you know, the Nets were 4-0 against the Heat, but each one of those games was a coin flip. Just like each one of these games in the in the Thunder uh, Grizzly series, it had just been a coin flip, you know. So it's really, uh, to me, I think I think they have obviously an excellent shot of closing it out. Um, Reed Wallach, who uh, writes for Nets Daily, uh, wrote a piece about the Nets Raptors series and, and put some statistics in there saying, you know, the team that wins Game Five of a tied series usually ends up winning the series 86 percent of the time, and of course that number goes up slightly when when the uh, team up three two plays Game Six at home. So obviously the the History and the numbers are in the Grizzlies' favor. Uh, I think the one thing, though, is that you really can't count out talent. And, of course, Kevin Durant, uh, all-world talent. Uh, You know, it's hard to discount what he can do and what he's capable of. But I think the one thing that the Grizzlies do have going in their favor, of course, is that they're home. And secondly, um, that there does seem to be some kind of friction still between Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook in terms of system, in terms of who's getting the shots. Uh, so I, I do think the Grizzlies are, are in great shape. Uh, I think they ultimately will close it out. Um, but, of course, again, you know, if Kevin Durant has one of those Kevin Durant-ish games, uh, you know, you, you never really know. It, it, it'll, be a tough, it'll be a tough task for him, but I think ultimately the Grizzlies will close it out. 
And Tom, of course, a former uh, SB Nation blogger for the Grizzlies, so we don't ask him about this just because he looks rather grizzly with his <laughs> uh, with his famous Tom Lorenzo beard. But I want to move on here to the team you now currently cover and, and the Brooklyn Nets. And you, you think you said before not to go back to the Nets, but let's go back to the Nets uh, because the Raptors uh, closed game four on a 14-2 run. They looked really good. They were banging down low with Brooklyn. My man, two pat. Uh, there were there were there were a couple two pad appearances. Chuck Hayes got in on the action. Gravis Vasquez looked really good. Um, in that fourth quarter, in the second half, really everything was clicking for Toronto on offense. And I mean, they do outmatch Brooklyn in terms of size. Uh, and they they can exploit that if they want to. They haven't done a great job of it. Um, how does Brooklyn stop Toronto and and slow them down in this game five, Tom? You know, that's a good question. I, I think what they're going to need to do is is really go back to, um, you know, to me, it's it's more about the offense. You know, I think the defense has been good. Um, you know, it hasn't been great, but it's been good. But you saw in, in game four, I mean, the Nets offense was just really out of sorts. They had a nice run there in the second quarter and into the third quarter, and then, you know, eventually took the lead over, over the Raptors. But, again, they really never got anything going offensively. Uh, Joe Johnson struggled. Uh, you know, Darren Williams struggled. But the, the, to me, the biggest issue was that the Raptors were doubling Joe Johnson. They were putting a body on him. They were denying him the basketball. And that's where you would expect Darren Williams to step up. Or, you know, Paul Pierce played well, so I think he had, he had a decent game. But you'd expect Darren Williams to step up. So I think the key in Game 5 is for the offense to get back into its rhythm and if the Raptors continue to throw multiple bodies at Joe Johnson, the Nets are going to need Darren Williams to be, you know, all-star level Darren Williams in order to win because, you know, there's a lot of confidence right now in Toronto among the fans, among the players. Um, but, you know, the, the Nets are really going to need Darren Williams to step up in this game, especially if the Raptors continue to throw bodies at Joe Johnson. One of the things, Tom, about the Nets offense that's kind of, you know, not been shocking, but one of the things I've noticed, they've been taking plenty of threes and in the playoffs, or at least recently in the playoffs, haven't been hitting many of them. Partially that's Darren Williams, partially it's, you know, the bench guys that just aren't hitting their threes like Mirza. But I want to ask you, is there danger in relying on the three so much when you're the Nets? Like, because Darren Williams, when he's aggressive, he's one of the better drivers in the league, but... He seems to be relying on the three ball more. Are the Nets in danger because of their reliance on the three, maybe? They are, obviously, especially if they're not hitting them. Um, you know, the one thing about the Nets is that uh, you know, we talk about how, how things changed with, with Jason Kidd's system and how, uh, you know, since Brooke Lopez went down and Kevin Garnett was injured for, I think it was 19, if I recall correctly, straight games. And Mason Plumley came in. See, Mason Plumley doesn't have, uh, you know, he doesn't have a post-offensive game. He's he's obviously a guy who who throws back dunks, put down put down lobs. So so they've struggled with their interior offense, which has caused them to rely on jump shooting. And also, you know, you know, look, Toronto uh, Jonas Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Amir Johnson, those guys have done a fantastic job defending the paint. So it's almost kind of forced the Nets out and forced them to take long jumpers and threes. But like you said, the problem is they're just not hitting them. And for a team that all year we talked about their bench and the strength of their bench, 
Uh, their bench hasn't really come in and done a, a good job. You know, Mirza had a nice stretch in game four, but Marcus Thornton hadn't shown up. Uh, you haven't really gotten all that much out of Andre Blatch. He's been kind of hit or miss. Uh, so, I, I mean, you're talking about guys coming off the bench that haven't really performed to the levels that we're used to seeing them perform during the regular season. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it, it can be dangerous to, to rely too much on jump shots and threes. Um, but, you know, if they're not hitting them, obviously it poses a problem because they can't counter with, you know, playing interior offense with someone like Mason Plumley or really Kevin Garnett, who's only playing you know, 21, 22 minutes a game for him. You know, another thing I noticed, Tom, in game uh, four was Sean Livingston had pretty poor game by his standards. You know, he's one of those guys, he doesn't really show up in the box score so much, but when he when he's on, he really gets the Nets going. So what does he have to do in game five to really go back to that Sean Livingston that had such a great season for the Nets? Yeah, you know, I think for him it has to be, he has to be more aggressive. Um you know, there are moments uh, where you see you see an aggressive Sean Livingston. I think it was a uh, back-to-back possessions uh, in game four. I think it was in the third quarter, early in the third quarter. He had a nice dunk. He had a nice defensive stop. You know, but, but you need to see, see aggressive moments from Livingston because, again, he's not a jump shooter. He's a guy who can facilitate an offense. He's a guy who can drive to the basket, collapse the defense, and then kicks out to the jump shooters. So if he can get the ball in his hand and do things like that, you know, drive and kick, um, I think I think they'll they'll be in better shape. But uh, I think the key is really for him to be more aggressive. Uh, and I don't know whether it's you know playoff jitters or big moment jitters, um, but he really needs to get back to being that aggressive Sean Livingston uh, in order to really get this offense uh, to help this offense and get them moving. Uh, he's he's going to have to get more aggressive. Now, Tom, uh, before you, I just ask you, you know, just your general thoughts on the other uh, series here in the playoffs. How do you see this one uh, closing out? Um, I guess that's a very soft way of saying what's your prediction for this. Um, but yeah, I mean, because I mean, Brooklyn, uh, you'd think they have the advantage in Game Six, although they just lost at home. Uh, I don't know. How, how do you see it shaking out? You know, I, I before the series, I said Brooklyn in six. Um, and, you know, so I'll stick with, with Brooklyn in six, but to, to me tonight is the must win game, of course, for that, you know, for that mathematically for that (laughs) prediction to be true, uh, they have to win tonight, but even if it's wrong and and they want to win the series, uh, you know, playing game seven in Toronto is going to be really, really tough, especially when we've seen how good that crowd has been that, you know, six man and, uh, how loud that building's been. I think the pressure is going to be completely on the Nets in Game Seven, uh, and it's going to be a tough one to win. So I think if they want to win the series, uh, they've got to win tonight. Uh, and and you know I'll stick with with Brooklyn in six. So uh, mark it down. They'll win tonight. They'll win Friday. Or right. uh, I don't know. Or I'm I mean, wrong. Permanent you know, I'll, I'll shave my beard. Pretty oh. much everyone. Are you, will you shave? <laughs> will you shave it when the Nets season ends? <laughs> Uh, I can't do that. Come on now. Yeah, but. you're right. That was I wasn't thinking. You can't shave it. You know how many? Not there. It, it's not so much that. It's not so much for me. It's it's for the ladies in my life. <laughs> oh, I'm disappointed if you know if the beard goes. Um, 
I mean, I don't know. Seth Rosenthal came on here and said he'd shave his whole head. So I mean, that's just that's just nothing. Um, all right. I'm sure. I'm sure Seth can pull off a shaved head better than I can pull off a beardless face. I've never so. seen you without a beard, so that's probably very true. <laughs> there's, and there's a good reason for it. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Before uh, we get you on your merry way to enjoy the rain outside. Um, what's the biggest surprise to you in these playoffs? Um, I mean, I, I, you could go with Washington beating Chicago. Mm-hmm. There are so many juicy series out west. Atlanta with that three-two lead. I mean, if there's if there's one story that that really stands out among the the craziness that has been these playoffs, what is it? Yeah, you know, there's. I mean, there's a ton of them, but I think to me. Uh, it's not so much that Washington won the series. I think it's just how handily they won the series. Uh, you never expect uh, the Bulls and, and, and Coach Thibodeau to just really kind of almost not show up in a series. Uh, you know, I know they obviously don't have Derrick Rose, but still the, the 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 team they have now was the one that, you know, worked its way uh, into a home playoff series. And, and really they just did not have a chance against the Wizards. Uh, you know, yeah, like you said, the Atlanta series is a great story. Uh, the fact that the Grizzlies, a 7-2, Go um, have a 3-2 lead. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of stories. But to me, I just think the fact that, you know, the Bulls almost really didn't show up in the first round. Uh, not so much that the Wizards won, but just that the Bulls kind of laid an egg there. Uh, I think that was kind of more shocking and, and disappointing in, in basketball terms than anything else. Man, Nene, even though he's, it's definitely Nene, and um, and Zebo are competing for my heart right now. So I just, I don't oh, know. Oh, no Gortat? I love Gortat. Oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> but, but Nene over Gortat. Uh, all right, maybe. Uh, I think so. Um, Tom, it was great to have you for a third time. This is a record, um, so obviously this is going to be something you're talking about all day. You're just so pleasant. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm sure... I'm sure that down the road we'll have you on here again. So thank you so much. We really appreciate the time. I look forward to joining you guys again, and I hope that when you win your first award, uh, you guys <laughs> will share share some of it with me, or at least I get a shout-out whenever you guys uh, you know, make your little award speech. Uh, that's all I ask for. Oh, of course, That's man. a promise. The, the, the pick and Rolenzo <laughs> brought us here, so... Um, <laughs> You know, uh, Matt's Matt's not a great shooter, but I'm a good role man. So, um, <laughs> all right, Tom, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. So, some very, some very nice, nice takes from Tom there. Definitely, I, I, he three times, man, three times on the. He's pod. great, you know, and he, you know, he covers one of the local teams that we cover, so he's always good to talk to, bounce some ideas off of, and he's got great Grizzlies takes. Kev, you love you loved those Grizzlies takes, didn't you? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I can't deny it. You're on the Grizzlies bandwagon, right? I, I do. I, I love the Grizzlies. Um, Last year, I actually thought they would have the best shot of beating the Heat in the finals. It turned out the Spurs gave the Heat a real good run. So I was rooting for the Grizzlies Pretty Last much year. as good of a run as you could possibly yeah. give anybody <laughs> yeah, in absolutely. a seven-game series. Speaking of those finals, the Spurs are having – they have their hands full with Dallas right now. I, I don't know why anyone's shocked. I think – I'm not shocked. I know. I'm just saying in general. I don't think there should be any shock. The Mavericks and the Spurs play each other a lot. Right. Dirk has been playing the Spurs since before we knew what a radio station was. They're, they <laughs> know how to play the Spurs, and I still think San Antonio will pull it out, but if it goes six or seven, well, we'll go six, it's not a big deal. Like This is going to happen when two teams that know each other so well play. By the way, 
Not a soul on ESPN picked the um, Mavericks to advance, and only one picked the Spurs in six. And it will not be Spurs in five. So literally everyone will be wrong. Um, and then there's a slight possibility that there's like one correct pick, but that, I mean that's been that's been the case with a lot of picks. I always thought it was going to be Spurs in six. I don't know if I went on the record saying that, but I, I might have said that. I might have said that, but yeah, no, I'm still comfortable, you know, with that. I think the Spurs, they take a while to get going, and they're very, you know, methodical in what they do. They're not well, gonna, they're not gonna just overpower you when you're a good team, but they'll get the job yeah. done. No, th- you know, you know, that's a good point. I mean, I feel like this is a team that's very capable of turning it on um, in these next two games. But I mean, you know, yeah, because look at Boris Diaw, Bellinelli is a huge weapon that you know, wasn't there last year. Um, those guys, I love Bellinelli. Those guys, quick. Quick points in bunches can turn a whole yeah. playoff game, even a series. Yeah, that's what Gary Neal gave them last year, and now they have Bellinelli coming in for that. And I'm Gary not really Neal. surprised. Yeah, getting Gary Neal and at this point. Maybe maybe Danny Green becomes the old Danny Green the old from last year. Yeah. <laughs> He's on the finals. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm not really as surprised by the length of the series. I will I will be surprised if the Spurs get eliminated, though. That I, that I would not have ever expected. Um, I mean, I guess the most shocking thing for me that would happen, honestly— I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. I think if the Thunder won that series against Memphis, I would be I would be shocked. Really? So you're saying most shocking moment that could happen right now with the rest of these playoffs? So are you just, are you just, counting just like in this round? Are you counting oh, yeah. what's happened before? No, no. In these no, just right going now, forward going in forward the first in, round. In oh, this okay. first round, like I'm looking at all the series here. I mean, I if Brooklyn, the Rockets, Brooklyn and Toronto, I think at this point is a coin flip. If the Rockets won the series, I would be thoroughly thoroughly shocked. Um. Yes. Okay. Well. Well. That. But not just because of their. You know. Their. Tra- they would have to go to Portland and win another a game. An elimination. Yeah. Game. No. No. I. I. It'll be tough. But I mean. I'm I, with you though. The Thunder would be a like big shock. if the Pacers came back and beat the Hawks. I wouldn't be surprised. No. I. I just. Memphis with the chokehold on that series. With the way they play basketball. That's such a good way to put it. I feel like they're choking the life out of. They the are. Yeah. They have a three-two lead. Zebo's tearing it up down low. So is Gasol. You look at the way that they've beat the Thunder. I mean, they've just they've just literally 199, um, 98, 95, 111-105. I mean, they've just been these close games that just like they're grinding out. You, and you're th- playing the Thunder, fi- right? They grind. The Thunder put so much energy into these games, and to come up short at the end. And and uh, how many overtime games? Four overtime games in five contests is ridiculous. Now look, it's 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 three two. Memphis going home. They they're going to they they have to win one of these games. I'm with you. I, I especially the way Durant and Westbrook have played. After, last night, them pulling out that win in OT, Mike Miller hitting a couple <laughs> big shots was huge because I think the way they played the end of regulation was terrible. I think it was a real big mental lapse by Marcus Gasol to pass it down low instead of taking a shot. They yeah, that was have, really dumb. I, I was really frustrated by that, and then it went to overtime, and they got the win anyway, so it didn't end up mattering. Well, they acted like they had like eight seconds. Yeah, left. Yeah, that was really frustrating to watch. Yeah, I I didn't understand. I mean, I was like, well, I was watching the Knicks clock management there. <laughs> um, uh, so I mean, other than that, I mean, we're, we're I think we're probably all in agreement that the Spurs will probably pull out the, their series against Dallas. Um, I think the Clippers will win against Golden State now, three two. Portland's. Um, Atlanta, and uh, who would take it with the Brooklyn series? 
Because you know what? I'm feeling I was Toronto. Just thinking that. <sighs> Are you? I am. Do you think DeRozan's going to keep it up? I think I picked I picked the Nets in seven. I could see Toronto. I picked the Nets in, in six, and I think I'm about to say Toronto in seven because what kind of struck me, and Paul Pierce put it eloquently, eloquently the whole experience thing is kind of over. We're watching Toronto and DeRozan and Lowry become gr- good to great playoff play- players in front of our eyes. And I, while I think Toronto's trending up, Brooklyn's starting to feel the pressure. Probably, you know, a couple, one choke here, and Toronto's going to grab this series. And I think I'm confident in saying they're going to win it in seven almost. Well, when I was at that that game, uh, well, game four in Brooklyn, yeah. after the game, Paul Pierce goes, you know, yeah, this that 30-point, you know, those 30-point quarters have to go in the playoffs. I mean, I don't know if it's an attitude adjustment or what it is. If you say the words attitude and adjustment back to back in the NBA playoffs, that that does not rub me the right way. It doesn't it doesn't, you're right. It's kind of a funky, look, it's a funky way to put it, but I think he was more referring to their flat start. You know, Sean Livingston said first thing he said when asked about what happened, he's like, We came out flat, that simple. And I think that's the attitude adjustment needed. Maybe you gotta be hyped going into 12 minutes left in the first quarter, tip off. If you're not ready to play full-on 110% defense, what are you doing? That's the attitude adjustment I think Pierce was talking about. I mean, I, I just I, I get there's leaders. I get that this team in the last couple of years have had trouble with the third quarter, and there have been times where, you know, okay, is this team, you know, really what's going on in that locker room? Are they coming out flat-footed? Why are they coming out flat-footed? And... To have that talk, any sort of that talk in the playoffs is, it, it's it's too late for that. I, you're right; it is too late. And if there is something wrong in their attitude as a team, that's not going to be fixed. They will lose. But I think right now it's just coming down to execution. The Nets are not playing like the Nets did when they were. You're right. Winning January, February, March. You know they're not hitting any threes, which is just bizarre because this team used to come back in a heartbeat. Darren Darren was is hitting threes at a nice clip. Their entire bench is made up of guys that Mirza and Allen Anderson, they hit threes and they really, really put pressure on the other team. When that's not happening and you're double teaming Joe Johnson so he can't do anything, what are you going to do? You're going to score 79 points in game four. Mirza had a solid game four too, and as soon as he got pulled out, that's pretty much when the scoring stopped. So it was a shame not to see him get a little bit more run there. I am going to stick with my Brooklyn and six pick. I don't feel really confident about it, but if it does get back to Toronto <sighs> for seven, I agree Toronto's got it. I'm, because I'm, that, those, that crowd is absolutely insane. They keep cutting, even when the game's in Brooklyn, they cut to yeah, the outside I do like that. of Toronto, and everybody's just going nuts. I just, I think, you know, I think Brooklyn has more talent, is a better team, but there's just a, a melancholy feeling there. I feel like there's the pressure's on them. Toronto's glad they won the Atlantic. They're, if they move on to the second round, They'll be the most ecstatic city in the world, so they're gonna take it. I don't know. I, I'm looking at these numbers, and everyone's shooting pretty well. Um, I really don't know where you can point the blame. You know, and Anderson doesn't really—he hasn't you know, really gotten a lot of run, shoot or play much. We're not even sure if he's gonna end up playing tonight, right? I think right. He's injured, well, Marcus yeah. Thornton yeah. is another guy that could have given them some offense. Didn't see a minute in yeah, game four. Right. Well, he's he's also. Um, He's played. He's he's, yeah, he's played in three games. He's shooting like seventeen percent from the field. But I mean, again, you take him out. You take Anderson out. 
Um, no one is shooting worse than 40%. I mean, you know, Plumley and Darren Williams are like, <clears throat> excuse me, Teletovich and Darren Williams are like 39 point, like four and three, but I, I, I just, people, they're, they're not shooting at bad percentages. I mean, I'm trying to figure out, is it like ball movement with Darren Williams? It, it might be, it, you know, their, their offense really does rely on ball movement, getting like Jason Kidd said after the game or Paul Pierce or Jason Kidd both said it where, you know, we're taking a little more individual shots we're not relying on the system as much as we once did and that can really put an offense to a stop I don't I don't know the more I think about it the more I think Jason Kidd might be a little more scared to experiment with lineups in the playoffs because one bad five minute run could put you in a hole that you may never recover from I don't know what it is but I do know Brooklyn doesn't look right um, Joe Johnson is shooting fifty six percent, seven time All Star Joe Johnson. I mean, that's he his games one impressive. through three were his games one through three were as good as anyone's in the first round. But Toronto seemed to said, nope, not anymore. Joe Johnson's not going to be the one that beats us. So Brooklyn's got to figure it out. Yeah, he barely got any touches at the end of that game, and it's because they are double and triple. They team threw again. double team and triple team on him as soon as he touched the ball, which was shocking because you know Joe Johnson's great, but he's never threatened me as one of the guys that's going to really burn yeah. you. Yeah. One on one, but it's worked. So I mean, I'm looking at some lineups right now for Brooklyn. Pierce, Johnson, and Williams um, have an 18 net rating um, in 112 minutes together, which is a lot con- um, compared to other lineups. And their worst lineup, if you look through, like you know, okay, you know, well, mi- you, you'll, you'll say minimum like uh, 40 minutes is Johnson, Plumley, and Williams. Yeah, which well, Plumley has seven. been playing. And as bad as anybody right. as you can expect. And there, really, I think you can spot your answer because they are not playing well on defense in that scenario. You're 100% right. And Brooke Lopez was long thought of as maybe the piece that the Nets were missing. You also have a rookie in his first playoffs. Uh, Blatch, Garn- hasn't, Blatch hasn't been great. He's very, very know? mediocre. And Garnett can't play that much, which is right. which leaves you with a good 25-minute hole. 20-minute hole of no guy inside, and right. when they throw that small lineup in, Toronto's really taking right. advantage. I think that's where you're seeing the problems for Brooklyn is with Mason Plumlee on the floor. Well, someone's got to step up, whether it's Blotch or Plumlee. One of, they're both going to split those 20 minutes that Garnett's not in, so 25 minutes. So if they don't, if they don't you know, rise to the occasion, Brooklyn could be playing golf. By and this time next week, this is this was a very Nets pod today. I'm sure you're just like jumping with joy. Well, it's about time, you know. It took till Game Five in the playoffs <laughs> with the Knicks completely eliminated, making moderate noise with Steve Kerr, but we 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 made it. We need a moment of silence because we made it. We you did make it. Um, before we get out of here, a quick number, which without I just stumbled upon from Elias, is this is the first time any team ever, just ever. Ever, ever. In like the playoffs, in the regular season, in the regular season and the playoffs, has played four straight overtime games. Ever. Ever. In NBA history. Well. Beat the Grizzlies and the Thunder, obviously. Both of them. Yeah, no, obviously. Pretty wild. It's crazy. That's just, it blows your mind because there's just been so many games over the course of history that. I know. Well, I mean, it, it just, think about how like. Think about having it would to be play so after tough that. to play four straight overtime games, though, like in a regular season. I just feel like that would never happen. So it wouldn't. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, so yeah. Well, I'm rooting for the Thunder because I hate Lil B, 
But I think the Grizzlies might pull it out game six. We'll see. I got to be honest, really disappointed in the fact that we really didn't touch on Portland-Houston as much as I would have well, liked. It's a, it's There's a, nothing to touch on. Portland's I mean, beating the crap out of us. It's an amazing series. It's the best ba- NBA basketball I've seen in a while. Yeah, and it's a, and LaMarcus is about to put him away. Well, hopefully. That's what I'm rooting for, but I don't know if it's definite. Portland's been behind in most of these games and ends I up just, coming back. It's so close every time. The, the, Rockets got Killard, nothing, the Rockets got nothing late. It's Harden or bust. Howard can't create his own shot, so I don't know. I don't see them winning another game. Get the ball. Dominate. Dominate down low in the post. I th- they run the pick and roll with Howard. And if Harden just kind of, you know, wakes up a little bit and just, you know, stops napping, uh, who knows? Who knows what they could do? That's what he does, though. He takes a nap in May or right. April. Kev, any more thoughts on that series? Basically, just go. Let, just let's go Portland because I, I really would like okay. to see them win this, move on, because I think they have a legitimate shot because they might get the, the Mavericks in the next round. Then you look at them maybe moving on to the conference finals. Thanks again to Tom. Yeah. Interesting. Hashtag hot takes. At Tom Lorenzo on Twitter, thanks again to him of, of uh, SB Nation's Nets Daily. And we will see you guys next Wednesday, maybe with Lil B. Like, who knows? Just going to have to find if out. If Lil B's a guest, you got to listen. <laughs>